well as news that was totally expected. The sad news is that iconic Channel 4 weatherman Joe DiNardo has passed away at the age of 87. I was lucky to work in the Channel 4 building uh, back when with 1250, and so I got to interact with Mr. DiNardo, and he was simply the greatest. Uh, just so cordial and giving of his time. I talked to Mr. DiNardo just a couple weeks ago, and he was the same Mr. DiNardo as ever. Told me to call him Joe, but I never did. He was always Mr. DiNardo to me. I'm going to miss him a lot. Uh, it's a great day out today. Terrific weather. And I can't help but think that's because Joe said it would. The expected news, and by expected I mean hilarious, the expected news is that Martavis Bryant, the ex-dealer wide receiver just traded to Oakland, is facing yet another drug suspension. Potheads don't stop smoking pot. Pot is more important to Martavis Bryant than his career, and he's proved it yet again. Martavis Bryant is a pothead loser. And you know, you just know that Le'Veon Bell's going to get popped again. That's why you let the guy walk after this season. That's why the Steelers were smart to never sign him long-term. That's why the Steelers were very well advised to play it one year at a time with Le'Veon Bell. Right now, Lev Bell is in a recording studio with Wiz Khalifa, a rapper who smokes more pot than anyone else on the face of the earth. Do you think Lev Bell is there with Wiz and not smoking pot? Come on. Lev Bell will get suspended for pot again. If I could bet on that, I would. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. Let me say, marijuana should be totally legal, period. Legal in America, not at all a crime. And legal under the auspices of the NFL Collective Bargaining Agreement. The NFL should not test for marijuana. But the NFL does, and since it does, you can't smoke it. It's a condition of employment. Uh, the World Cup is in day two. This morning, Uruguay scored an injury time to beat Egypt 1-0. Mo Salah did not yet play for Egypt. He is not yet healthy. Iran beat Morocco 1-0. That's good news for Bob, the Egyptian magician, who is, in fact, Iranian and not Egyptian. Hello, my friend. Ah, And in progress right now, it's Spain 2. Excuse me, Portugal leads Spain 2-1. to one. Cristiano Ronaldo with both goals for Portugal. And the second one, just before halftime, a real howler. Just a, a, a bad goal allowed by Spain's David De Gea, who is regarded by most to be the best goaltender in the world. Uh, in other soccer news, Cristiano Ronaldo owes $21.7 million in back taxes. This beats the previous record of $10.1 million 
set by Argentina's Lionel Messi. Boy, those two do compete 24-7, don't they? Here's the latest from the U.S. Open. Tiger Woods shot two over today, and he's 10 over on the tournament after two rounds, and he will not make the cut. And let's face it, Tiger Woods is never going to win again. Do all you Tiger Stooges finally understand that he's done as a top golfer? D-O-N-E, finished. Uh, Dustin Johnson leads at four under after two rounds. And right now, with some golfers still on the course, Dustin Johnson is the only golfer under par at Shinnecock Hills. Uh, Some are complaining that the course is too hard, but I disagree. All the golfers are playing the same course, and I'd rather see their shot-making challenged for 18 holes than see artificially low scores posted because the course is easier. Uh, As I mentioned yesterday, Daniel Carcillo, the ex-hack who used to play in the NHL and now is lamenting his head trauma and wants the NHL to fix it, F him. Carcillo was a cheap shot punk who caused more head trauma than he absorbed. And if you don't believe me, I posted a bunch of videos on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Just some incredibly cheap pay play uh, perpetrated over the years by Daniel Carcillo. He played the game like a criminal, and now if his head hurts, I don't care. You reap what you sow. F. Daniel Carcillo, he should not pose as the voice of fixing head trauma in hockey. Leave that to somebody like Paul Correa. There's always the story that the goon is always the most beloved guy on the team. You know why that is? Because the goon is not a real hockey player, so he kisses ass. I've seen that time and again with the Penguins. If Sid would have ever stopped suddenly back in 08, Georges Laroque's head would have flown up his ass. Hockey should penalize every headshot, regardless of intent, and they should get rid of fighting. Ban fighting. No more fighting. And the NHL should fire the old-school douchebags who work for the league that ruin the game like Colin Campbell and George Paros. Hockey needs to move forward. we got Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, at 3.30 p.m., bottom of the hour, to talk hockey. He had an interesting article today about how the Metropolitan Division teams have been the best in the playoffs since the division was formed in 2013. A Metro Division team has made the Stanley Cup Final every year but once in that time, that being 2015 when Tampa Bay made it. But I see the Metro as top-heavy. The Rangers are rebuilding. Carolina is still Carolina, and they're going through an ownership and management change. I have zero faith in the Flyers, despite them making the playoffs last year. And what if John Tavares leaves the New York Islanders? It's tough to get through the playoffs in the Metro to win a couple series and get to the conference final, but it's not too tough to make the playoffs in the Metro. The Pirates are back in action tonight. I use the term action very loosely because 
It is baseball, and those are the Pirates. Uh, they host Cincinnati at PNC Park. The Pirates play the next 10 games at home. That's going to tell a tale, and in more ways than one. Not just the winning and the losing, but I wonder how many people are going to show up tonight. Uh, Chad Cool is on the bump tonight. I sound like I know baseball when I use terminology like on the bump. Matt Harvey will pitch for Cincinnati, the former Mets phenom who is now a bum. Harvey has pitched uh, really crappy in each of his past five starts, except the one against Pittsburgh, of course, where he allowed three hits and one run in six innings. On a lot of nights, especially when Polanco and Rodriguez are playing, the Pirates are the cure for the common pitcher. Uh, the Pirates are only a couple games under 500. If they're any kind of baseball team, they got to start winning now. And it would help if Hurdle would manage to win. I've said quite often and say again now, play your best players. Say it with me, Pittsburgh. Play your best players. We got Mackey at the bottom of the hour. And just around the corner, we're going to get really stuck into the Martavis Bryant situation. And boy, what a genius Kevin Colbert looks like, the Steelers GM, for trading Bryant to Oakland for a pick that turned out to be Mason Rudolph, who may well be the Steelers' next number one quarterback. I also got a good Joe DiNardo story. Joe DiNardo, RIP. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. As I mentioned, I'm going to be watching the World Cup to distraction during my show throughout the balance of the tournament. And right now, boy, it's a humdinger on uh, Fox TV. It's Spain 3, Portugal 2 in the 61st minute. And just uh, one heck of a football match. You would serve yourself well to watch it. Uh, More exciting than any NFL game I've witnessed in the past, oh, two or three decades, I'd say. Uh, I said in the show's open that Tiger Woods would never win another major tournament. I also said that on Twitter. Won't win a major, probably not any tournament. He's just done as a high-level golfer. And uh, the Tiger Stooges are out in full force. Here's what Skip tweeted. Really, Mark, based on what? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe being 10 over par after two rounds of the U.S. Open and about to miss the cut. There is no evidence he'll win again and plenty of evidence pointing to him not. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. All the excuse-making and sympathy is out in full force for Martavis Bryant, the ex-stealer now with Oakland, who was suspended for the entire season in 2016 and now faces indefinite suspension for violating the NFL's drug policy. Don't make fun of what's happening to Martavis. He has mental health issues. Blah, 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 and F him. This loser is blowing millions because he smokes pot like some community college stoner. Like he's Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I have zero sympathy. Now, how long is Bryant going to be suspended for this time? Unless I'm reading this wrong, he's out indefinitely, and can apply for reinstatement after a year. 
That's what Josh Gordon at Cleveland had to do. Can you imagine how many tests that Bryant flunked or no-showed to get to this point? Dude, if you're listening, use somebody else's pee. Use a catheter to get it in you. It's painful, but we're talking millions here. Oh, but don't use a woman's pee. They can figure that out, which is sexist. There should be no difference between pee. Uh, I just get weary when losers do things that losers do, and they blame mental health or try to atone. Like that idiot hockey hack, Daniel Carcillo. Uh, Brian has flunked probably dozens of drug tests. And Carcillo got fined or suspended by the NHL a total of 12 times. You did what you did. You are what you are. And what you are is a nitwit. Uh, If Joe DiNardo got the forecast wrong, he didn't claim mental health issues. Mr. DiNardo was a real man. And I don't think he ever got the forecast wrong in the first place. Uh, Kevin Colbert looks pretty smart today. The Steelers general manager. He traded a pothead for a draft pick that may end up being the Steelers' next starting quarterback, uh, Mason Rudolph. And Colbert wasn't looking to trade Bryant, wasn't actively shopping, but a third-round pick was an offer that Colbert couldn't refuse. And that's what makes them the Raiders. Uh, Chucky won't fix that. Back in the old days when the Raiders won with all those criminals, it was harder to get suspended. Look at the Steelers. Ernie Holmes shot at cops and didn't get suspended. To be fair, he missed. Uh, Todd Haley, now the offensive coordinator with Cleveland, after having left the Steelers and Tequila Cowboys, He said that the Cleveland quarterback's room is, quote, the strongest quarterback's room I've ever been a part of. Uh, Yeah, okay, with Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. Really strong quarterback's room. Uh, Boy, Haley really doesn't like Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, that goes both ways. But that's still a silly statement. Uh. Here's a a great Joe DiNardo story. If we're just tuning in and don't know, uh, Joe DiNardo, the iconic Channel 4 weatherman, passed away earlier today at the age of 87. Uh, Just, like I said, iconic. That that, that term is thrown around too often, but Joe DiNardo uh, is part of Pittsburgh fabric. Just, uh, again, iconic. Here's a great Joe DiNardo story. The station general manager at Channel 4 wanted to hook people with a bad weather scare at the top of the show. So we wanted Mr. DiNardo to open the show and tease how bad the weather was potentially going to be. And then, you know, more on this a little later. And Mr. DiNardo said no. He said the weather's not going to be that severe. It doesn't belong at the top of the show. So no, I won't do it. Because Mr. DiNardo knew that was hacky and cheap. And the general manager said, well, I'm your boss. And Mr. DiNardo said, well, I guess you've got a decision to make then. 
uh, Mr. DiNardo stood his ground and did what's right by the standards of legit news. And, of course, he did not get fired because no funky GM, and this guy, I knew him. He was a real boob. No funky GM is going to tangle with an icon. Joe DiNardo was the greatest, and he did it the right way. Uh, 412-333-9939. Up next, we'll talk to uh, Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, get some hockey talk going. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to the Riverhounds. They're hosting New York at Highmark Stadium, uh, still in the playoff picture, near the top of the league in the United Soccer League. Uh, they got these great seats. I'm trying them out. I'm not going to sit in the owner's suite because I got some friends going. I'm not going to sit in the press box. Although I'm always welcome in both. Tuffy Schallenberger, the owner, a most gracious host at Highmark Stadium when the Riverhounds are at home. But they got two rows of seats, like three yards off the far sideline at Highmark Stadium. Nice seats right on top of the action, so I'm going to try those out tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun. Up next, Hockey Talk with Jason Mackey of the PG. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. We talk hockey year-round here on the X, the home of the Penguins. Joining me now from the Post-Gazette, it's hockey writer Jason Mackey. Uh, Makai, you wrote today that the Metro Division is the best in hockey, and that's been proven in the playoffs. But isn't it kind of top-heavy, real good teams and then not-so-good teams? Yeah, it is, Mark. It is. But, I mean, we can sit here and talk about that, but the, the best teams in the Metro have certainly been better than the best teams in the Central. Um Either way, I think you can look at it from a style of play standpoint, uh, playing faster, more skilled, better goaltending, uh, probably better coaching as well. I just don't understand all the, the love with the Central Division and how good it is. I mean, the Metro is one year in and year out. And, yeah, a lot of it's the Capitals and the Penguins, but still, you got to win, and they do. Well, I agree with all that. And I do wonder, though, in the Metro, what direction are the non-playoff teams going in? Because – Carolina, with the ownership and management change, the Islanders with the management change, the Rangers, I think, are as close to rock bottom as they've been in a while. And I wonder where Philly's headed, too. Yeah, I have no clue what the Flyers are doing. I mean, I guess you can say they're trying to get younger and rebuild, but you also have a lot of older guys. I think in what I wrote, I called them a mishmash, and they're unpredictable, and I, I would stand by that. I don't think the Islanders are going to be far off. I do think Lamarillo is going to be able to keep Tavares, and, and they do have some pieces there. Um, you know, what direction they're going to go? I don't. I don't know if they're, you know, a playoff team. They might spin their wheels a little bit. Um, but I look at, and I guess to finish that, too, Carolina and, and the Rangers are largely going to be pushed over. But I mean, the Penguins and the Capitals are going to be right there. The Devils, I think, are going to be right there. Columbus, I don't think, is anywhere near as bad as they played at some points this past year, but it wouldn't surprise me again if the Islanders were a lot better and made a bit of a run. And I guess Carolina is probably the most confounding team on that list just because they should be a lot better than they are. Yeah, I agree. I think they have a lot of young talent, especially on defense, although they are a bit small. Now, I want to get back to Tavares because you mentioned the Islanders have a shot at keeping him, and I hear that from a lot of sources too, Mackay, but I just can't believe it. I mean, even if he signs to stay in Brooklyn, I won't believe it. I just can't see what would hold him there. Yeah, I mean, if if I was John Tavares, man, I, I would certainly be exploring all of my options, and, and they would include 
outside of Long Island, Brooklyn, wherever the heck they're going to end up playing during his contract there. And I, I don't know. I, maybe Tavares feels a, a sort of face of the franchise pressure. It's just I have a tough time seeing Lou Lamorello come in there, take over control. I mean, he's going to do a bunch of weird stuff like Lou always does. I just have a tough time seeing him let Tavares go. Um, with as talented as Tavares is, as important as he is to that franchise. Uh, again, if I was the player, I would certainly look elsewhere because I think he could. He's in that position. Um, I'm just looking at this from Lamarillo's standpoint. It, it just it seems crazy to me for him to let Tavares go anywhere. You know who screwed up, uh, and I talked about this on the show yesterday, was Toronto because they signed Patrick Marlowe when he was only going to make marginal difference last year. I mean, he did good. They did good, but... It would have been better to not have him last year and have the money to get Tavares this year because if Toronto could afford it, Tavares is a Toronto kid, I think he'd be a lock to go there. Yeah, and I'll even take that another direction, Mark. I look at Toronto, and I love what a lot of their forwards do, but they look a little bit thin on defense to me. Like You know, I like Ron Hainsey. I like a lot of what he did in Pittsburgh and Toronto, but I'm not sure I'd be leaning on him as heavily as they do. You know, take Patrick Marlowe out and go get another defenseman, and I would like that team a lot better. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with what they did there, um, but I, I I do think they could have spent those dollars a lot more wisely than they did. Now, uh, with all the quality of the Metro Division duly noted, isn't the Penguins Capital Series inevitable last year for a fourth straight season? I think some of the Metro teams are pretty close to being as good as those teams. I can't see any beating either in a best of seven. I'm totally with you, Mark. And I, I don't know where you stand on the playoff structure. I don't think we've ever talked about this. I'm not a huge fan. I don't, I don't love it. I feel like it robs some of the intrigue from it. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You know, the Penguins are going to open with either Jersey or Columbus, and they're going to end up playing Washington in the second round. And that's great, but I mean, I don't know. Were it me, I think I would, one, maybe want that in the third round. And two, you just don't want the inevitability of it. But, yeah, I look at what Washington has done, where where the Penguins are. I mean, there's no reason those teams shouldn't meet in the second round. And well, well, part of me agrees with you and, 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 you know, would like to see the format changed, and I think it will get changed at some point. It always does. But right now, with these two teams so good and so evenly matched, I'm really enjoying them playing in the postseason every year. Yeah, and I, you know, I... I kind of put Washington in the same boat as Philly. Like, you know, even though you're covering the Penguins, like you kind of re- would rather not see Washington be the one that wants to knock them out or whatever. But, um, yeah, I guess from a hockey fan standpoint, um, it should be pretty darn interesting. I mean, all of these series with the Capitals, and um, I don't I don't think it was, you know, one-sided at all. I know the scores kind of looked that way because there's some stuff going on with the Penguins. But I think we're due for some really great theater this upcoming season with those two teams. We're talking to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, will the Penguins not retain any of their five restricted free agents? Uh, those are, of course, Rust, Shea,n Alexiak, Simone, and Kuhnhockel. Uh, most people seem to think they're all going to stay. What's your call? Yeah, I think they're all coming back, Mark. Uh, I know discussions have started with all of them, and, and they're sort of ongoing. The one hang-up right now is the salary cap and them not knowing an exact number. Um, I also know that they would like to get Rust signed to something um, beyond like a one-year tender. Um, but just the issue right now is not being able to throw around concrete numbers. So I think as soon as they know that, 
Um, you'll see those guys come back, and Sprong and Jari are RFAs as well. They'll be back. Um, but Rutherford feels very strongly that he wants all of those guys back, and, and really, with their cap situation, there's no reason they shouldn't be around. I think Russ could be traded. I think Mata could be traded. I think both are great, but with Russ, there's a glut at right wing. And to make an impact deal, Makai, those two are movable. I guess it depends on how big a shakeup Jim wants, but again, those are two guys other teams would want. Yeah, I talked to Jim earlier this week, and he hinted a few times at you know, basically being open for business and not saying that he is you know, intent on making a lot of trades or, or you know, feels like he has to do something, but I think it's in his personality, you know, seeing what they went through last year and him, he's not going to come back with the same group of guys. And if, if we're going to talk about tradable assets, those two are certainly that. Um, I do have a tough time seeing that move, Russ, though. I understand what you're saying, and I understand the reasons why it could happen. But Mike Sullivan does really, really love him. He fills a lot of holes, and, and you have a on a team with a lot of guys who strictly play one position, you know, Haglund's a left wing, Hornquist is a right wing, Kessel's a right wing, you do have to have somebody like that to make all of the equations work. And Rust, and I know we've talked about this before, he's one of those few guys to me that can equally play both sides. I mean, there really isn't much. Well, I don't know about equally, but he can, he can go left if needed. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's not like Sherry playing either side. It's not like Sprong playing either side. I mean, some guys think they can do it, but I mean, I would I wouldn't have any concerns if I was Sullivan playing Russ on the right. Now, do you really believe Sprong is a lock to make the team and play significant minutes like Rutherford said? Because if he is, that's what impacts Rust. I think. Yeah, it it does, and I I do think that's the case. Um, you know, I think Jim wants to see him in the lineup. I think Jim wanted to see him in the lineup last year. I, I think the hang-up with Sullivan being comfortable with that, and I think one of the reasons was how the Penguins sort of defended as a whole. And if you take a defensively mediocre team, which the Penguins were last season, and you throw a defensively mediocre player onto the pile, I think that's just where the coach gets a little bit... Uh. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of that would, would have to do with you know, maybe a Kessel deal. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that happens, but it certainly makes it a lot easier if Kessel gets traded. Uh, but I think Jim would like to see them start to integrate Sprong in there. And yeah, maybe that means Russ moves out, but you need to have those younger players coming up, and, and Sprong is good enough offensively to be there. Well, I, I think you're onto something there with the younger players because I hear the Jim really thinks they need not necessarily younger. Uh, really skilled guys, like top six guys, but they need energy from younger players that they added in 16 and 17 and didn't necessarily get this past season. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not trying to go all crazy on you or anything, Mark, but somebody like Max Domi, I think, would be a really good fit for the Penguins for that reason. Um, You know, and I I fully expect the Penguins, if the Coyotes are going to move them, if the cost is something they could um, take care of uh, in order, you know, paying what they would have to get to get Max Domi, I do think they would really take a run at him. Um, he's a guy that can play in the top six, would add instant skill and energy and, and do all the stuff they're looking at from young players. Um, and Sprong is that guy, too. I, I just think they got a little bit stagnant with some of those young guys. You know, Dominic Simone, Zach Aston Reese, they gave the Penguins something, but it just wasn't consistently what Rust was given, what Sherry did during a 23-goal season two years ago. Um, they need more from younger guys, and they'll, they'll admit that a lot this fall. 
Let's look at the two cup finalists for a second. Could Washington win a second straight? And will Vegas make the playoffs next year? Because I think Washington, that's contingent on keeping John Carlson. And Vegas, if they get a big ad, I think they can, you know, make a run again. But, uh, boy, they had a lot of guys have career years this year, and that's tough to do two years in a row. Yeah, and, and they're not going to sneak up on anybody either. And I do think they snuck up on some people. Uh, but I, I, the way they play, I do think that's repeatable. You know, and I'm not taking anything at all away from Marc-Andre Fleury, but Vegas played a style that was conducive to your goaltender putting up a lot of good numbers. But you can also do that over and over again. Um, so I think Vegas will make the playoffs. Do I think they'll make another deep run? I, I think that might be asking a little bit, but I also expect them to add in the offseason. Um, I do think Washington is perfectly capable of doing it. You know, I'm going to look at Washington as one of the three or four best teams in the league next year, you know, once the dust settles and, and whatever. But uh, a ton will hinge on, in my opinion, what they do with John Carlson. Can they bring back depth guys like Devontae smith Pelly, Jay Beagle, um, and you know, what Brooksy does? You know, Brooks Orpik, are they going to buy him out? I think there's a case that can be made for doing that. But I'm not sure a lot of those guys in the room would love to see that happen either. They'd love to work. Now, I've been talking about the Players' Tribune stuff from the past week with Boynton and Carcillo talking about brain trauma. It's a good message, Makai, but don't we need better messengers? Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. I saw some of the stuff you were tweeting about. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, oh, I'm done playing, so now I can, can start sounding off about it. But I watched Daniel Carcillo play, too. Um where I'm at with that stuff, though, Mark, I mean, I'll take whatever messenger they can they can be. You know, I think the NHL does have a ways to go with cleaning up stuff and, and head injuries. One thing I'd like to see them do is just be a little bit more hard-nosed when it comes to policing concussions. You know, the tougher suspensions, take things more seriously. Well, yeah, like like hurt. I've been saying, every headshot should be should be disciplined, and they should take intent out of that. Right. I totally agree with you. And, you know, Go the international route. You know, a guy gets hit in the head. I don't care what it is. You know, do something with it. I would like to see the league as a whole take them more seriously. And if it takes us Daniel Carcillo to get there, or if it takes us Mickey Mouse, I don't care who's speaking on it. I'm glad somebody is. Yeah, but the problem with Carcillo is, I'll be blunt, Makai, I don't care that his head hurts. I don't care that Boynton's head hurts. They're reaping what they sowed, and if they had it to do all over again, I don't care what they said or wrote on the Players' Tribune, they would do it over again. Uh, nobody, everybody wants to, you know, break the deal with the devil when the devil comes knocking for payment. But before that, they're fine with it. Yeah, but uh, so what? I, that's that's why I look at it. I mean, I don't even care if these guys are strictly in it for, uh, you know, me, me, me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm writing. I'm not sure there's not a strand of that here. But I just think there are fundamentally too many other problems. You've George Peros for crying out loud overseeing the Department of Player Safety. Oh, and Colin a, Campbell's still so involved. That's a problem. Yeah. Like medical professionals that are actually, like, you know, going to look at this thing and say, hey, it, it's not right when you swing your stick at a guy's skull. You know, there just needs to be more. And that's what I'm saying. I don't care if it's Carcillo, Boynton, or me or you. I don't care who it is. Just take it more seriously. Makai, great stuff. Thank you for taking the time. We'll talk soon, I hope. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. That's Jason Mackey. Check out his work in the Post-Gazette and at the Post-Gazette website. Cristiano Ronaldo with an unbelievable free kick uh, in the 86th minute to tie this match with Spain at 3-3. Just a great soccer game uh, in the World Cup. 
And uh, we're in injury time now. Four minutes injury time. Let's see if there is a winner. Uh, as I said earlier today, uh, Iran beat Morocco one nothing. Here's a statement from the Iron Sheik. Iran, number one. Morocco. Tui. 1059 X. Final score in the World Cup, Spain 3, Portugal 3. Just a tremendous game. The uh, World Cup has had a lot of exciting play in the first two days. Uh, the Pirate lineup has been posted for tonight's home game against Cincinnati. Austin Meadows is on the bench. Gregory Polanco is in the lineup. It has reached total insanity at this point. This effort by Clint Hurdle to prop up Gregory Polanco even as he sucks out loud. And uh, I'll tell you what they should do with Mr. Polanco uh, at the top of the hour, just about five minutes away. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I heard the B team debating whether the National League should adopt the DH. I know it's June and times are tough in my industry and often I'm no better, but that DH debate is the single laziest device in sports talk, period. Single laziest because it brings the baseball purists out of the woodwork and they are livid about even the notion of the DH in the National League. Even though I think the National League is the last league in organized baseball where the pitcher still bats. I don't care if the DH is ever in the National League or not, but if you put me to a decision, I'd rather see an extra legitimate hitter in both lineups because managerial strategy just doesn't get me hot. Nobody turns on the television hoping to see managerial strategy. Uh, there are certain foolproof topics in talk radio, sports talk radio, but you can wear those out like a go-to for me, especially uh, the week of a major tournament. A go-to for me has always been saying that Tiger Woods sucks and he won't ever win again. But now that it's obvious he does suck and won't ever win again, all the Tiger junkies have kind of disappeared and it's tough to get that give and take. Except on Twitter. As with everybody supporting a stupid or lost cause, the Tiger Junkies are still brave on Twitter. Uh, the Steelers' new line coach is Carl Dunbar. Doing a good job by everybody's estimation to date. He has a skin condition called Batiligo. Like the U2 song. Uh, he's a black man but the pigmentation of his skin has gone white in certain areas and the effect is splotchy. Uh, I'm sure it's caused him some difficult times, but to me it's no big deal at all. And it is the same thing Michael Jackson had. So I wonder if Dunbar can moonwalk. Uh oh, listening to Ghost. I've started listening to Ghost. I'm trying to find new groups I would like. And listening to Ghost is going pretty good so far. I like the more recent stuff better from Prequel, the latest CD. 
Like I said yesterday, the lyrics are heavy, but there's a poppiness to it. Ghost does remind me of Blue Oyster Cult, and I like that Ghost does wrestling angles, uh, kind of. Like they replace Papa Emeritus with another Papa Emeritus with another Papa Emeritus with this Cardinal Copia guy, and it's the same guy, just in a different costume, a different persona, different makeup. But I do like it. It keeps things interesting. Uh, uh, Greta Van Fleet, no, Jason Bonham says the Led Zeppelin comparisons will kill Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, okay. Says the guy who pretends to be his father and has the Led Zepp tribute band. Uh, what Bonham said is about as ridiculous as it gets. And geez, Led Zepp stole from everybody. Let's just let these kids be Greta Van Fleet. These are kids. A couple 22-year-olds and a couple 19-year-olds. Let them play music like they like to play it. Up next, I'll tell you what the Pirates should do with uh, Gregory Polanco. That's 30 seconds away on 105.9 The X.